It's not quite the OJ trial. However, the Emergencies Act inquiry does have it all. And the projected list of those who are going to be speaking there, and uh, we say testified, we know it's not a trial. Every day I say it's not a trial, I get it. But we're all drawing a lot of opinion and looking at the importance of this, and it is important. We're also learning a ton about what happened inside a police force and seeing rifts and a, a refusal to adopt. And it's one of the oldest problems when it comes to policing, too, sharing information, all of it. And then we have uh, the big names and the big guns that are going to be involved, like the Prime Minister, Pat King, who was an organizer, but Premier Doug Ford, who was being kind of lauded and, and also criticized for not really taking his part into that convoy. He he got to step aside, and I guess he thought it got him off the hook. However, now he is being subpoenaed to speak, and he doesn't want to do it. How come? we got a lot to talk about. Michael Kempa, criminologist, University of Ottawa, focusing on the politics of community safety and policing, which is uh, certainly the focus point of this story. Michael Kempa, good night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, let's begin with the political and how it plays into this Emergencies Act. Here we have a premier. We thought that he'd kind of evaded it and he was criticized. But no, he and the attorney general were asked and they don't they don't want any part of it. Michael, politically, I can't imagine it's a good look. I can't imagine anyone advising an elected official but from your point of view on getting at the truth of what's happening here, what are you thinking? Well, he hasn't got a legal leg to stand on um, by trying to rely on parliamentary privilege to avoid giving testimony at this inquiry. Parliamentary privilege is not difficult to understand. It excludes, it gives immunity to elected officials for the purposes of helping them execute their duties in the public interest. So we often say we exempt them from jury duty, we exempt them from giving evidence at trials if and only if that activity would prevent them from attending the legislature to fulfill their public obligations as elected officials. So today, in fact, a little bit ironically, Doug Ford didn't attend question period to answer questions about parliamentary privilege. So this is almost an absurd situation. He's arguing... That he cannot be away from the legislature to spend one day giving testimony at this federal inquiry while he's away from the legislature to (laughs) not answer questions about this very thing. You know, as we know, and you and I talk, it is not a trial, but people are are coming to conclusions. This is not a good look here. And uh, one of the things I said at the beginning of the show, I can't imagine Prime Minister Trudeau and those around him aren't happy. And he was in the crosshairs here. And here's Doug Ford, to me, voluntarily putting himself perhaps in a negative light. Well, it is. And I, I honestly have difficulty with it on the basis that at this point, everybody who has more or less given evidence on behalf of every institution has admitted to major, major errors. Nobody's coming out of this looking very good. Ottawa police conflict at the top levels and lack of coordination with the OPP. OPP seem to have good intelligence. It's not clear that they always shared it very well. RCMP, where were they? The different levels of Ottawa government, the police oversight board, everything did not go as it should. 
This is a systems failure. Everybody must come forward, including the Premier, to explain where things went wrong. The province is a key link in the chain of the civil of institutions that was meant to address this crisis. At this point, if he's afraid of blame, it's almost an absurdity. Nobody's going to pin this all on the Premier. There was a systems failure. He must come forward with his Solicitor General, explain to everybody what they tried to do between the critical period of the 11th February when they declared an emergency in the province of Ontario, which was a Friday, and that Monday of 14th February when they declared a federal emergency with the support of the Ontario government. In other words, what did you try over those three days? What was still a little bit lacking? Why was the federal invocation of an emergency necessary? We're not angry. We simply need to understand this so that we fix what is obvious to even a casual observer at this point, a broken system, so we don't end up here again. Totally. And, and you know, Michael, I made a prediction at the beginning of the show. There's no way he, that the Premier and Sylvia Jones aren't going to turn this around. I just can't imagine anybody saying, stick to your guns, don't go for all those reasons. Meanwhile, we're trying to get to the bottom of things here. You would never, ever have any validity after that in commenting on policing or what needed to be done. Well, no. And the public, it's insulting to the public, to be honest, because yeah. to me, it's very much we are not treating the public as adults. We've actually found that people have been following this emergencies inquiry. The responses have been quite measured. As we go through, there's going to be people out there. You could be selective and just pick information, cherry pick information out of what's coming out of this inquiry and say, oh, you see, so-and-so said the emergency act was not necessary and therefore Justin Trudeau is a tyrant. Oh, but the next witness has said, yes, there were radical elements embedded within certain layers of this protest, and therefore Justin Trudeau is a genius, and Doug Ford is the devil, and on and on it goes. There's always going to be people like that out mm -hmm. there. The majority of people following this thing recognize we're faced with a paradigm shift in threats to the security to this country. The entire chain of security and governance institutions was not prepared. It fell apart we are now doing our level best to figure this out. You're not going to be judged. For goodness sakes, few institutions, the, o, the OPS, Ottawa Police Service, has absolutely been raked over the coals for the last five or six days. If they could take it and the public is not paying for the disbandment of the OPS, the Premier of Ontario should take it as well. I, I, do you agree, Michael, that he's going to have to reverse this? Or are we seeing something? I mean, let's face it, they must have been thrilled uh, if there was a, a plan or a move to not take responsibility, not get involved is a better way of putting it. And you keep saying it was a policing matter. But now all those questions that you've just mentioned are just highly important and really about governing in this moment. It is about governing and what, observe, what, what I would counsel people when you're watching this inquiry and reading about it. All, to be, I'm not a part of it. Every politician from every party always hides behind the idea that this is a police matter and therefore it's got nothing to do with me <laughs> in politics. Look at the evidence coming out of this inquiry. You've got the police on the ground attempting to set up negotiations with protesters. Well, who's on the other side of the negotiation? It has to be the government. And there were plans to try to link protesters with both provincial representatives and federal representatives. These fell apart. 
but you cannot argue that policing and politics are completely separate. They are connected. The key being they have to be connected in publicly accountable ways. When politics connects with policing, you provide the answers after, just as we're doing now with this inquiry. So Justin Trudeau has been guilty of this as well, where he said during the convoy, well, I'm not getting involved. This is an operational matter. I don't direct the RCMP. Correct. You do not direct specific operations, but it is entirely appropriate to link up what the police are doing with the objectives of the politicians to negotiate something to end a protest. I do not accept the argument that there's no role for politics in policing. Michael Kempa, criminologist, University of Ottawa, focusing on the politics of community safety and policing. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Carly. All right. Talk soon. It is. I'm finding this inquiry terribly fascinating for all those reasons. Michael and I were just discussing, this is really such a modern situation. Are we seeing a giant shift, as Michael said, and what threats are to our country? So if you're going to point the finger and say, we're going to have to do this, this, and this, look at how much we talk Russia, China, and all these things. It doesn't matter. But if we're seeing different kind of threats, we have to examine the process here and how it happened. By ducking these questions, it's not going to work. I'm Arlene Bynum. We'll be back in a moment. This is On Point.